good afternoon, good night, good evening, wherever you are. This is Unleashed Unapologetically. And with me this evening, I have Cindy Gledhill. Cindy has dedicated her career to helping high-performing leaders unlock the secrets to even greater levels of success. As a corporate problem solver, she spends her years coaching executives, entrepreneurs, and influencers uncover a dirty little secret. I wonder what that is. That secret is harbored by many high achievers. That hidden fears often keep them living small and fearing everything. So we are going to talk about that more because in her, and I'm going to quote what she has, that hidden fears often keep them living smaller lives than those for which they were created. And I cannot wait to get in this conversation because I myself, I know I have encountered those kind of fears and there are many high achievers who are listening to you this evening, Cindy, who would want to know how they can move away and face that fear so they can go into leading their business successfully. So Cindy was well acquainted with this particular secret as she too had perfected the art of looking like a risk taker success story while being plagued by a host of debilitating fears that were tearing her apart inside. Cindy, welcome to the platform. Let's have this conversation. How are you, dear? I'm so good, Nadej. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I mean, I cannot wait to get into this conversation because this, from last year to this year, I mean, we have faced fears in so many ways, um, you know, from businesses to personal, you know, to small, to large businesses, to small businesses, people in their personal lives, you know, in all many aspects, we have faced um, fears and some were re- able to build resiliency and some are still trying to figure out how to level up around that. So tell us, how did you all, how did you start into making the decision to be the problem solver who would come in and help other people figure out how to face that fear and dive into building the business and have a success stories in their business? Well, initially I was just helping them build their businesses. So my story is that fear entered my life when I was very young with my parents' divorce. And one fear I realized allowed inside my life invited friends and fast forward a couple decades and I had a host of fears in me. Mm. But I also had, you know, who I was born to be. I had my, my extroverted personality. I had my leadership capabilities and my superpower, which is to solve complex business problems. Mm -hmm. And so I began my career and I was consulting with, um, you know, as you mentioned in the intro, a lot of corporate entities. I worked with international corporations and non-governmental organizations and nonprofits and for-profits and all of the things. And I was really just helping them grow their businesses. But as part of what I offered, I always coached the leader Mm -hmm. because I understand that a 
there any entity that wants to grow whether it's a business a corporation a family a church a community a country that organization can only grow to the extent that its leader believes that it can lead them the leader has to believe that they are both capable and deserving of wherever it is that that entity wants to go. Mm -hmm. So as I was doing all of this executive coaching with CEOs and chairmen of the board and things like that, I recognized something. The dirty little secret you talked about is that a lot of these corporate heads that I had always looked up to and thought, you know, they have it all together. When I began to coach them, I realized they were just like me. Mm. They had achieved success but they were trying to keep these deep fears hidden to keep them from bubbling to the surface. Mm -hmm. And I just realized I was not alone. And so I began to look at fear differently. And ultimately because fear had taken such um, a big place in my life, my life became untenable the way I was living it. I had, you know, it's like a, it's like there were two of me. There was the person that I showed to the world that seemed to have it all together and seemed to be taking risks and was having success. But then there was this part of me that I deemed the real part of me, which was had insecurity and doubt and uncertainty and even a certain level of self-destructive, you know, self-loathing behavior going on at home mm. behind the scenes so that's sort of how it all started for me mm, i love that thank you for sharing i love as i'm listening to you it's it, it came in it's like that light bulb that goes oh my god you know and i know that you know many of us when we are in leadership there's a part of us like you said that is scared and it's not scared because we don't know our role, we don't know how to fulfill the role, but it's just scared because there's we we are focusing on the success and sometimes we get scared of the results that we are getting from the success that we have. You know, um a lot of times we are afraid to delegate, you know, delegate we are afraid to to maneuver just so we could really really be sure that the company or the business is going to run like a well-oiled machine you know and all these when they come to us we like that we feel shivering like oh my god what's happening how is it you know how are we going to maintain the business and i'm hearing you saying that talking about that fear that is so deeply planted inside that sometimes the leaders the big leaders the ceos the, the 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 big frame of the company sometimes they too get scared but they just don't want to admit it and they have to put that facade so that's where you know i'm hearing you with you had to see yourself in two different places don't we i mean we all do that so how can we be able to face our like stand and look at ourselves and tell ourselves guess what you are not the only one in this place in going through you know the 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 hardest and 
the the problems you know everything that you have to solve you're not doing it by yourself there are many others like you how can we learn you know steps that could really help us navigate around that fear that we are so consumed by well um i actually just wrote a book and put it out um the beginning of this year and it's called the fearless revolution mm. the seven secrets to becoming fearless and i actually walk people through exactly what you're talking so there are seven secrets in the book and each one comes with an action step and my passion is walking people out of the bondage of fear and into the freedom and the liberty that fearlessness brings mm -hmm. and some of what you're discussing in terms of corporate america the problem that i see there is that we have a a deeply flawed leadership model in corporate america there is an expectation mm -hmm. that leaders will be perfect that leaders will have all the answers, that leaders will not make mistakes. And, you know, there are shareholders and, you know, the, the bottom line over here, where if you don't perform exactly as expected, there's somebody waiting in the wings to take over your job. Right, right. Well, there are studies that show that somewhere in the neighborhood of 78 to 80% of all new leaders fail in their first 18 months. That is catastrophic failure among those who are self-identified as having a heart to lead. You right. know, not everybody's a leader. We, we are the fewer and farther between. And yet there is a catastrophic failure rate among business leaders in our country. And so I really began to take a look at that and go, why are other industries not experiencing, I mean, there's not a 70 to 80% failure rate among new doctors, among new lawyers, you know, mm -hmm. it is business leaders. And so my particular brand of leadership coaching that I've done through the years is a, I like to give leaders the permission to lead even as they are in process. So you'll often hear me um, introduce myself like this. Hi, my name's Sandy. I'm imperfect. I'm in process. And yet I'm walking boldly in my purpose because mm -hmm. those things are not mutually exclusive. So I think with leaders and, you know, your question of how do we face these things, there are actually steps to go through. And all of it starts with a mindset shift. But you know, there's a whole new niche of coaching now called mindset coaching. Yes. And while I appreciate that we are giving, you know, attention to this, that's only a piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. You know, your language has to change. Your relationship with time has to change. The way that you um, understand your own identity has mm -hmm. to change. Mm -hmm. Are you doing the necessary work to really uncover your true destiny in life? Because mm -hmm. I believe that each person was created with a destiny that solves a problem for another person or another group of people. Right. But, you know, so there's, there's a myriad of problems around 
why fear gets to stay in charge in our lives. And that's why I wrote the book. It's available on Amazon and it's a quick read. It's a, it's a hundred pages, but it clearly walks you through what fear is, what mm-hmm. fearlessness is, what the various secrets are and how you can implement those into your life uh, so that you can actually live a life of fearlessness. Mm. You know, I I love what you, the work that you're doing and I like how you allow the leaders of the, you know, of a corporate company to understand that, hey, you know, I too, you know, I've been in that place and I'm not only I've been in that place, but now I'm positioning myself to help you walk through that place that you are in and it's okay. Oftentimes, you know, the, the, like the, the picture that we get of, um, someone in the corporate who's a leader or a CEO or, you know, and the high stakeholders, we see them more of the kind of power over people, you know, and they come in as they got it all, but yet, you know, we don't really see what exactly they are going through because they have to deal with many other things as well, not just staff, not just, you know, partnership or with other companies and all, but there's so many things that they're dealing with that at the end of the day, they wonder, is that me really leading the, you know, the sheep? Am I really guiding everybody, you know, so they can really do things? And I seen myself in the position when I was an admin. And I know at times there's that part of me that is frustrated when people are not really getting it through. (laughs) But yet again, you have to have the face that says, okay, hey, I think, you know, we can work around it. And I love that, you know, you help them work around it just so they can understand that, you know, don't push too hard on yourself. Instead, embrace anything that you see in terms of mistakes or fears that comes your way, because at some point you are going to be okay. That's what we never really accept or believe that we are going to be okay, right? Well, I think we talk ourselves into and out of things more than we recognize. So I t- I did allow fear to come into my life and I did actually um, invite that fear in and then I listened to the lies of fear mm-hmm. and then I grafted those lies into my own language and that became my language. And so mm-hmm. what happened is I actually began to speak negative false things over myself that I had heard fear speak to me and about Mm -hmm. me. And what happens is I then started talking myself into being afraid. So for instance, we see this a lot with people who have phobias. We love to give names to our fear. So I eventually developed a fear of heights um, and then a fear of flying. Mm -hmm. And oh, look, that has a fancy name, aviophobia. So then you start saying things like, I have aviophobia or for Mm -hmm. people who don't like to go outside i have agoraphobia i have arachnophobia and we 
own those fears and we mm -hmm. speak those fears as part of our identity and that gets very dangerous mm -hmm. so no i don't think you just eventually will be okay i think you have to learn the tools and the language but language is such a key in this because in the same way that we can talk ourselves into being afraid talk ourselves into owning fears we can also talk ourselves right out of those same fears yes. you just have to know the language you have to have the right mindset and you have to have the tools in your tool belt and that's what i'm giving people with the book the fearless revolution here are seven secrets here are seven tools that you can use mm -hmm, and that you can mm -hmm. practice and that you can employ and then i use my own story and also some of the stories of some of the people that i've coached to illustrate these different points in the book Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, wonderful. Um, recently, I had a, I was hosting an event on Clubhouse and the, the content that I talked about was the power of words. Because um, as you just said, you know, we can, you know, either take ourselves to say things that either can help us or not. You know, sometimes we say, positive things to ourselves and sometimes we say negative things to ourselves and sometimes we stay more onto the negative than really pushing ourselves forward to the positive you know and that's the practice you know I think the what you have in your book about you know fearless is teaching people to say more positive you know, understand why we say the negative, but embracing the positive more until we get used to it. Yeah, a big part of um, what I write about in the book is I did a lot of research into something that I call lethal language. And I recognize this when I was going through my cancer journey, I was diagnosed with a, a pretty aggressive form of breast cancer back in 2011. And so there were a number of years where I walked through that. And mm -hmm. as part of that journey, I was doing just what you said. I was speaking very intentionally, very positive words over myself. But then I began to notice something I had never noticed before. Out of one side of my mouth, I said very intentional, positive mm -hmm. words. Out of the other side, I said very unintentional, highly negative words. Mm. I would say things like, oh, my head is killing me. My back is killing me. I'm starving. I'm sick to death. I'm sick and tired. And I realized that I had a terrible habit of speaking death and fear and sickness and pain over myself mm -hmm. every day using idioms, cliches, just little things that we've all grown up with that we think are innocuous. We think, right. hey, it's no big deal. It doesn't mean anything, except that our brains don't know the difference between truth and lie, truth and fiction. Our brains only know what our words and our thoughts signal it to do. Mm -hmm. So the reality is that it was very important that I was speaking these negative things and I needed to realize that I had to shut that down. Speaking positively was not enough. I had to break my 40 year habit of speaking lethal language. Mm. And I just believe that fear has weaseled its way into our language, our vernacular right. and slid all these in. And actually there's a chapter in the book about it. And I have this exhaustive list where I tell people 
Um, these are all the things that I used to say, and it goes on for pages. You'd be shocked if you realize how often we speak exhaustion, sickness, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. death, pain over ourselves. And all that does is it signals your brain. This is, this is the way the mind-body connection works. What we say, our brains are then signaled to go highlight evidence of what we say we believe or what we think. Mm -hmm. So when I was saying I'm sick and tired, my brain was highlighting every bit of evidence in the world around me to support my narrative, to support mm -hmm. my belief system because I was telling it to. So when I was able to break that habit and shut that down and just speak positive things, I now live in a weirdly vibrant state of health. Mm -hmm. And I can only attribute that to this mindset shift and this change where I've broken out of speaking lethal language and I speak only life over myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. And thank you for bringing the lethal language because we don't we don't pay attention and there's that the battle between the conscience and the subconscious all the time that we are saying the words to us like you said it's that oh but that's how we grew up that's what we've heard so many times in our lives you know my parents used to say it that way so i think i have to say it the same and not realizing that it's also penalizing us from growing from living free and fearless you know, mm -hmm. oh my goodness. Yep. I just, I love that. It's and powerful. It is. I'm hoping ladies and gents who are listening that you are taking notes on those information because, you know, the lethal language that we use can bend us from really live the life that we want to live. All of us, we want to live a beautiful life. We want to make millions or billions. We want to have, you know, castle. We want to have all those things. But if we are saying words to ourselves that can make us get sicker or drain our mind and not really move forward and even procrastinate on things, then chances are you will not be able to make it to the dreams that you've had because you're putting those words, those lethal words into your life and they centered mm -hmm. around your life. Ooh, that's powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you like that, you're going to love this. The second big crowd pleaser. So that tends to be the thing that people like the most when I do training. But the second thing is this concept. You just hit on something where you talked about procrastination in the same way that fear has slid all these lethal language phrases into our, our vernacular, it has mm -hmm. also slid highly negative cliches and maxims and idioms around time. And if you look at it, when I was doing research, I realized a lot of fear is centered around time. For people who feel constantly behind in their own schedule, mm -hmm. running late, people, and, and then some of the more esoteric fears like, am I leaving a legacy behind when I die for my family? Like there's just a lot of weirdness around time and money, but tons of people teach about money and nobody's teaching properly about time. Mm -hmm. So what I realized was as a business coach, I had learned different time management strategies from literally some of the top 
business people in the world. Some of the gurus whose names you would know if I said them right now. Mm -hmm. And I became, you know, trained and sometimes even certified in their particular brand of time management. But then as I went on with my career, I noticed something. If there's so many time management strategies and trainings out there, why does time management continue to be the number one problem? problem. Productivity Ooh. is the number one problem. And I was like, there's a disconnect here. Mm -hmm. And even in my own coaching with various leaders, I could generally get them to find some success with one program or another for a period of time while I was right there with them giving accountability. But when I was out of the picture, they would snap right back to their bad habits. And I realized, I said, okay, some people, you know, the Oprah Winfrey's of the world are running empires and, you know, multiple companies. Some people are even running countries mm -hmm, and other mm -hmm. people, most of us are having trouble keeping the lights on at our mom and pop shop and also getting a little laundry done, you know, like what's the, pro what's the differentiating um, factor. And what I realized when I began to study these people is people who are highly productive have a different relationship with time. Mm -hmm. It is not actually the logistics of how you're planning and scheduling your day, although that comes into play later. It is literally about your broken relationship with time. How do we know we have a broken relationship with time? Listen to your language. Do you say, I'm running late? I ran out of time. Time just flew yesterday. I have to make up time. I'm hoping to have some free time next week. Time is not a commodity. <laughs> wow. It is not a currency. It can't be traded. It can't be spent. It does not fly. It does not run. You can't make it up. You have the exact same 24 hours mm -hmm. that ancient people had mm -hmm. thousands of years ago. Time is a gift. It is the single resource that we share exactly equally. And so mm -hmm. in the book, I have an entire chapter dedicated to helping you repair your broken relationship with time. I promise you, you will see two, three, four, ten 10 times productivity in your life as you repair this broken relationship with time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, it is so when you i'm listening to you and i'm like oh yeah because we coaches we do help people understand you know how important it is to have smart goals and one of the you know the five um part of the goals also lean towards time you know we have to ha make sure that our goals we meet them on a timely matter you know everything has to be done with productivity like you said but oftentimes when we are not with the right terms or saying it to ourselves saying to ourselves that things can be done or we things have to be done we force it in a way where we make it seems like oh my god it's because you know they we're giving a reason because there's no more time because I'm late, like you said, or, you know, the children were playing, so I did not have the time. There's always the verb that we put in front of the sentence mm -hmm. and then making it seems like it's the problem. And I listened to Jim Ron, and there's one thing that he always stresses on is that stop blaming 
you know, on things around. We need to stop blaming time because it's not time that's causing us from not producing or pushing forward. It's mainly our mindset, the way we are setting our conscience, the way we think about things. Are we brainstorming properly? Are we finding ourselves the accountability that we need within and from others as well to help us get to the place that we need to go? Goodness Christ. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's to me, one of the core tenants of fearlessness mm -hmm. is to get yourself right with time. So mm -hmm. I say every day when I wake up and, and I don't even have to say it out loud anymore because it's such a, a cemented belief system for me. Time is a gift. Mm -hmm. I have the gift of the next 24 hours and I get to make decisions in that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get to decide I am the architect of my own life. Mm -hmm. And depending on your belief system, you know, that could be a partnership with God. I can, I am going to, you know, get as much wisdom as I can to make excellent decisions as I go through my day. But I say things like, I have plenty of time to get everything I need to get done, done today because mm -hmm. I'm signaling my brain to naturally prioritize. Mm -hmm. To tell you the truth, I actually use less in the way of logistics, less scheduling, less planning. I keep one calendar on my phone. I put important things in there and that's it. And because my relationship with time is intact and it is healthy, therefore my language around time is accurate also healthy and very positive, my brain does all the rest of the work for me. When I say things like, I have plenty of time to get everything done that I need to get done today, my brain will naturally prioritize and push things to the bottom of the list that don't actually have to get done today. Right. And right. it's, so what's happening now is I'm following my instinct at a much higher level because I'm using my powerful voice to signal and trigger my powerful brain to highlight the appropriate things around me in the world to help me make quicker, better decisions. My instinct, my intuition is operating at a 10. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I just don't have any stress around time now. And really, if you really get honest about it, there are very few things that are catastrophic mm -hmm. if you miss it. You know, I mean, it, it just, we attach this um, uber importance to things mm -hmm. that don't deserve it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we have trouble saying no when we need to say no. We have trouble saying yes when we need to say yes. But when your relationship with time is healthy and your language around time is accurate, then it becomes much easier to mm -hmm. when somebody says, hey, can you run this project for me? If your brain's already been signaled that, you know, in this block of 24 hours that we have today, my brain, my supercomputer amazing brain already knows that I've got six things that are high priority, immediately something's going to pop up in me that says, wow, thanks for thinking of me. That sounds really fun. But to tell you the truth, I'm going to have to take a pass on this one because mm -hmm. I've got a number of things scheduled. Mm -hmm. Rather than that mm -hmm. knee-jerk reaction of, to be acceptable, I have to say yes to this. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's the whole fearless lifestyle. It's it's holistic. It, you know, my approach to fearlessness is holistic. It's every part of your life. Mm -hmm. And 
that's why it's like everything sort of falls into place when you stop stepping in these traps, the same traps we've been stepping in our whole lives, that repetitive negative behavior. It's really quite easy to break that down. All right, so ladies and gents, you need to start getting ready into stepping out of those traps and moving yourself forward so you could be fearless, okay? <laughs> well, Cindy, if somebody is looking to work with you, where can they find you? I am very easy to find because everything I do has the same name. So my website is a great place to start. It is mm -hmm. thefearlessrevolution.com. And you'll see all of my various platforms listed on my website, on Facebook and Instagram. I'm also thefearlessrevolution.com. I would love to have your audience join my free Facebook group where I do free coaching. Um, I also have a number of paid courses that uh, are available. You can also find those on my website. Or if you just want to pick up my book, it's available on Amazon at the, you just have to search the Fearless Revolution. And um, the same thing with both my podcast and my YouTube channel are both the Fearless Revolution. I just love that. So let's be fearless. Let's, it's a revolution for sure. <laughs> it needs to be. It needs to be indeed. You know, what two tips you would like to live, to leave us with just so people here can start working on living the life that they so forcefully wanted and mm -hmm. then get away from that fear fearful life that they're living. The first tip I always give people is to stop disqualifying yourself. A mm. lot of times people hear me and they think, well, she's different. She can do it. She's unique. I am not. I was the most fearful of anybody I knew. Trust me when I tell you fearlessness is how you were born to live. Mm -hmm. You are qualified to live fearlessly. And the second tip that I like to give people is give yourself grace in the process. Take one step forward. Start listening to my podcast or grab my book or do something, but just take that first step. So number one, don't disqualify yourself. Number two, take action. Do mm -hmm. something. Yeah. You know, it. I spent 20 years on this quest, but my goal is to shorten your learning curve into 20 months or 20 weeks what took me 20 that. years to learn. Oh, I love that. Oh, thank you so much, Cindy. Listen. You're so welcome. <laughs> Ladies and gents, it was Cindy and Nadej on Unleashed Unapologetically. This is a time for you to take action. This is a time for you to decide what you want. And as you're doing that, don't just stay on the sideline waiting for somebody to pull your hand you know, you can begin, you can take the step. And as you take the step, you will get the help that you need. That's why Sandy's there. She's always going to guide you if you want to work, if you are willing to work with her and, you know, decide today. So again, ladies and gents, make sure you follow Sandy 
make sure you look for the book and you start working on how you could start being fearless. And you know what? Fear is part of our lives, but as it is part of our lives, there's a certain way we need to face it. There's a certain language we need to adopt. And the language that is lethal, that's the language we want to stay away from. So let's start doing that tonight, this evening, wherever you are. That was unleashed unapologetically again. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs>